how many of you know faith is so important to a believer? You know, it's kind of like, you know, how many of you know there are different things in different scenarios in life that faith, that things are so important to something? How many of you know like water is very important to a fish, right? How many of you know that, that oxygen is very important? You know, the other day, yesterday, my, my daughter, Lexi, she was asking me, Daddy, where does air come from? Where does air come from? And so I had to kind of explain that, that, that God created everything on the earth and just was trying to encourage her. But how many you know faith for a believer is so important? You know, it is so important because Hebrews 11.6 says this, but without faith, let me say that again, Hebrews 11.6, let me say it again, Hebrews 11.6, if you've got your Bibles, go there with me, Hebrews 11.6 says, with, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently, somebody say diligently, seek him. See, I heard a great man of God say this. He said, you can't live for God without faith. How do I know that that's true? How do I understand that? Because Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 says, for by grace are ye saved through faith. See, it's for by grace are you saved through faith. Somebody say through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. How many know that being saved is a gift, that it's a blessing, it's a gift that God has given us eternal salvation? Somebody say amen. By what Jesus did. But see, faith is like, I, I like to think of faith as kind of like a mixing bowl for hearing and believing. And so, see, if I was, if I was a chef, I, my wife and I, we, we recently, we like to watch a lot of cooking shows. I don't know if my wife is just kind of planting seed that I become. I've actually become recently a better cook than I've ever been in my whole life. But, but we like to watch uh, uh, different shows on the cooking channel all the time and, and, and learn. I've learned all kinds of new uh, uh, ways to cook and different things that I've never heard of before. And some of them look great. Some of them, I don't know if I want to try. I mean, I'm kind of a picky eater. But, uh, but anyway, um, and so... But, you know, I've noticed is that when the chefs get on there, you know what? They have to do something. They can't just stand there at the kitchen and say, you know what? Oven, turn on. All right, mixing bowl, go. And see, I think a lot of times many believers, they're, they're speaking and they're confessing, which is great. And that is, that is an action. But sometimes you've got to put action to your faith. They, the chef has got to go over and they've got to turn on the oven. They got to they got to get out the mixing bowl. They got to and, and see the faith and believe and, and, and see hearing and believing is kind of like a mixing bowl where all of a sudden you've got to start mixing it together. Somebody say amen. amen. See, I, you know, if I was baking a cake, I don't know if you've ever baked a cake before. And probably many of you have baked better. I don't know if I've actually personally, you know, as I'm thinking about this, I don't know if I've ever baked a cake in my life. I've helped my mom and maybe my, my wife bake a cake. But you know what? If I just took a mixing bowl and I just took some flour and I poured it in the, in the bowl and then I cracked open some eggs and I just poured them in there and they're just sitting there, you know, I could say, well, I'm just baking a cake. How many of that cake's not going to turn out so good? You know, and so I could put that, that bowl with just the flour and the eggs on top of it. I could put that in the oven. But how many know that that's not going to taste that good when it comes out of the oven? But what do I have to do? I have to put action. All of a sudden, I have to mix the flour and the sugar, and I have to mix the ingredients. I have to mix the eggs, and all of a sudden, it creates a batter that I can pour into something that goes into the oven. You've got to mix your faith. And so look at this. I love this scripture in Hebrews chapter 4. Go there with me. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. And this is uh, interesting. It talks about this. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. 
and not being mixed with faith in them that heard them. And so in other words, this is actually talking about, if you look in Hebrews uh, chapter 3, it's talking about the children of Israel and how Moses brought them from, uh, from, from Pharaoh into, into, uh, out, of, out of the land of Egypt and brought them into a, on the way to the promised land. But what happened? On the way, they got stuck in the wilderness. It was not God's will for them to be stuck in the wilderness for 40 days. It was only about a three days journey to get to the land of Canaan. But what happened is all of a sudden they heard the word preached. They knew that God said, I'm going to give you this land full of of milk and honey. I'm going to give you what I promised you. But what did they say? They came back with a negative report. Only two, Joshua and Caleb, came back with a good report and said, let's go and take it at once. But everybody else were like, no, the giants are too big. No, I can't, we can't do it. We can't overcome them. And all of a sudden, what they had heard from God wasn't mixed with faith and they didn't believe what they heard from God. See, you got to get to a place where whether you get down in your prayer closet and you get down on your hands and your knees and you begin to pray so that you can come in tune with the Spirit of God so that He can speak to you. And when you hear what God says, then you mix your faith with it. Somebody say amen. And so you've got to do that. And see, you have to hear God's word and believe it. How do you know if you believe how do you know? How do I know if I believe? You know, for, exa- for example, how do I know that this stage is going to hold me up? Because I took action and I came and I stood on the stage. See, you've got to put action. How do you know if you believe? It's by your actions. If you want to know if you believe that you're going to be healed, look at your actions. Look at what you're saying. Look at what you're doing. If you want to know, if you, if you believe that your business is going to succeed, look at the actions of your business. What are you doing? What are you doing in your life? How, what are your actions like? If you believe that your marriage is going to be prosperous and successful, what are you doing? What are the actions that you're doing in your marriage? Amen. Don't shout me down now because I'm preaching real good. Amen. But see, what are you doing? If you're believing, you know, school's opening up soon, or uh, if you're believing for good grades, how many know you got to put action to those to to believing for good grades? You can't just not do your homework and believe for good grades. You can't just not show up for the Zoom meeting and believe that that you're going to know what they said in the class. You got to put action to it. You've got to put action, and you've got to believe. You've got to do everything that you can do, and how many know God will do what you can't do? You've got to position yourself, position yourself to do everything that you can do and allow God to do what you can't do. Amen. But hold your Bible up this morning and say, this is my Bible. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. And I can be what it says I can be. But you've got to open it up. You've got to read it. You've got to take time and meditate on the word. Somebody say amen. Meditating on the word. That's very important. That's very important. See, there are times, you know, how many know that the enemy, he comes like a, like a lion seeking whom he may devour. And many times what he likes to try to do is to get our minds distracted from what God's word says. But if you would just sit there and, and just meditate on the word, 
Instead of, instead of allowing a, a pain in your body or, 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 or something, and all of a sudden you just keep on meditating on, by Jesus' stripes I am healed. Jesus bore uh, stripes so that I could be healed. Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. And you meditate on that word and see how it affects your life. See what a difference it'll make. But if you're there in James chapter 1, and I'm going to read verse 2, starting with verse 2, it says this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, I want to pause right there for just a moment. I want you to skip down to verse 13. I want you to circle that word in, in verse 2 that says temptations and look at verse, verse 13. It says this, Let no one say that when they are tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. See, there's many times I hear that God gets blamed for tempting someone to do something. How many know God doesn't tempt us? Amen. Amen. Who came to Jesus to tempt him whenever when he was out in the desert? It was the enemy. It was Satan. How many know Satan comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy? And so it says in verse 14, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. See, we fight three things here on this earth. We fight the world, the flesh, and the devil. I want you to say that with me. Say, we fight three things in this world. We fight the world, the flesh, and the devil. In other words, because of Adam's sin, because of what he did in the garden, because of that, there are things that happen in this world that we have to fight against. For example, recently we had a hurricane that passed on by, that came right through, you know, and it, thank God it wasn't a, a severe hurricane, but how many know that there are things that happen on the earth, on this world, that we have to fight against, but that didn't come from God, that came because of Adam's sin. Amen. Amen. And then we fight our flesh. Look at this verse. That's what it's saying here. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. See, that's, that's not the devil. Many times, it's not the devil that you're fighting. It's your own lust. It's your own, it, you know, your body gets comfortable and gets used to certain things. And so there are things that are in, in your life that, that all of a sudden, if you're not careful, then all of a sudden it can cause you to get enticed and lust after that thing. Let me, I'm going to just use a, 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 a scenario here. I don't know if this is the best scenario, but I'll use this scenario. You know, maybe you know someone that, that maybe, you know, that, uh, that maybe they were a, a, a smoker. And I think uh, my, my, uh, my mom has been adopted twice, but I believe her, her natural uh, biological mother, she died of cancer and she was just a smoker. She smoked for years and years and years. And, and so, you know, I, I actually got to go see her re, uh, right before she, she passed on her deathbed. But it was really sad to walk into that hospital room and watch somebody that wasn't able to breathe on their own. I mean, they're like gra- gasping for air <gasps> and they couldn't breathe. But how many know on the pack of cigarettes, it says if you smoke this, that you most likely are going to get cancer. How many know God didn't cause cancer to come on that person? That was your own lust. That was her own lust that she desired. She desired that nicotine. She had to have it. And so all of a sudden it it caused her. She she couldn't live without it. And see that many times God gets, well, God, I just don't know why, why you won't heal me. I just don't know why, why all of a sudden this cancer. No, that wasn't God at all. That was your own lust. That was your flesh. You fight the world, the flesh, and the devil. That was your own flesh that was going after that, that was wanting that. You know, I always, you know, 
I, I know it's been different with COVID, but I always, you know, I always like to use the example, you know, many, uh, you know, many times when, when people don't, aren't able to make it to the service, you know, many times, you know, that your flesh loves that nice warm pillow and those nice warm uh, comforter in the morning on Sunday mornings. I mean, you know, it feels real good to lay right there in the bed. And man, it just don't seem like it's worth it. But how many know it's more worth it to come to church than, and to be around the presence of God, to experience the presence of God? And how many know as you get by believers, iron sharpens iron? Somebody say amen. amen. See, that's your own lust. That's your own flesh that entices. Verse 15, it goes on, when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err. I love this. Somebody say, don't err. Or in other words, they can say it this way. Don't get confused. Remember, my beloved brother. And he says, verse 17, I love this. I love this scripture. It says, every good gift. Somebody say, every Every. good gift. And every perfect gift is from above. Amen. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, everything good comes from God, and everything bad comes from the devil. I like to say, I know it's not good English, say it this way, if it ain't good, it ain't God. Amen? If it ain't good, it ain't God. I like this. I'm going to read in another translation in the New Living. It says this. So don't be misled, verse 16, dear brothers and sisters, don't be misled. Whatever is good and whatever is perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. And then I love this, verse 18, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word that we out of all creation became his prized possession. I want you to point to yourself this morning and say, God chose me out of all creation as his prized possession. See, that's why it's important that you understand that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He lives on the inside of you. And you are a prized possession. You know, some of us, we need to remind our kids, remind ourselves, remind our moms and dads, our grandmas and grandpas, that you are a prized possession, that God calls you a prized possession. Somebody say amen. amen. But I want to get back to faith. I want to talk, I want to talk about that. And, and see, I, I, want to, I, want to, I want you to write this down. You got your bulletin this morning. Is that faith patiently expects. And so look at this. We're going to see this here. It says in verse 1, James chapter 1, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Verse 3, this is in the, New, in the King James, not in the New King James. James chapter 1, verse 3 in the King James, it says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Somebody say patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If anything, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men or women liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. 
A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That's a powerful passage right there. That right there gives an example and gives us the answer to why some don't receive their answer. Because it says, let him ask in faith, not nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he will receive anything of the Lord. But see, I, I, I want you to not focus on that, but focus on the fact that Jesus said, if you believe, all things are possible. That with God, that you're able to do all things. God will give you the strength to overcome and to do all things. That God would not tell us to do something if we couldn't do it. I think sometimes we see that and we think, well, I don't know how I could go through life without doubt. I don't know how I could go through life without wavering. God, Jesus wouldn't tell you to live some way and to do something if he wouldn't give you the ability to do it. And see, faith patiently expects, faith patiently expects God to do what he said he would do. See, for example, when it comes to healing, Someone may receive an instantaneous miracle, but others may have the working of of miracles, the working of healing over time. See, you may receive an instantaneous miracle by the working of miracles or by divine healing. Or someone may receive healing, but it's by the works of healing that sometimes it's it's a gradual progression. You know, the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That doesn't mean that the moment that you lay hands on them, that necessarily, but the moment that you pray, that all of a sudden it happened in the spirit realm. But just the moment that you lay hands on them, you might not see them jump right up. Now you may, and you can, but yet sometimes it says you shall recover. Sometimes it's the working of healing. Sometimes you just got to stand and believe and just say, you know what? So-and-so prayed for me. Pastor laid hands and prayed for me. And I'm believing for my healing. I'm confessing my healing. I'm going to put action. I'm going to get up and I'm going to start moving. I'm going to start doing. You know, healed people, they do certain things throughout the day. They get up and they take a shower and they brush their hair and they brush their teeth. Amen. See, who cares sometimes how you get healed as long as you get healed? I think sometimes we get upset because the healing might not have manifested the way we wanted it to manifest. How many know that the the gifts of God, they're as he wills, not as we will. But that's why faith is so important, because you can receive from God no matter what if you would use your faith. Faith is like currency. Faith is the currency of heaven. And it draws in, it receives the blessings that God has. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so so we uh, faith patiently expects God's answer until it sees God's answer. See, faith, the moment that you pray, it all of a sudden, you have it, in, and you have it, and you keep confessing it. But sometimes you might not see it in the natural yet. Faith patiently expects God's answer until it sees with the natural, until it feels with the natural, until it smells with the natural. It, faith, it, it patiently expects God's answer. See, many, many people have given up on their healing before they would even leave the building that they were prayed for because if the pain and the symptoms weren't gone away immediately, they'd say, well, I didn't think it'd work anyway. 
I mean, no, that's doubt. That's wavering. That's not going to receive. But others may patiently expect and believe that they're healed. See, impatience is probably the main reasons, one of the main reasons why many prayers go unanswered. Because we want to see it happen like this. And see, we have to understand that that's why we have to have a a faith vision that we walk by faith and not by sight, that you see it even though you don't see it. That you see it in the natural, or in the, in the spiritual. You see it in the spiritual before you see it, before you hold it in the natural. See, my wife and I, we were believing to have another child. We saw us having another child before we saw us with the child. We had to see we had to see with eyes of faith. You've got to see with eyes of faith. You've got to see yourself healed. You've got to see yourself doing what God said you can do. You've got to see yourself with your bills paid. You've got to see yourself that, that, uh, that, that everything, that, that your needs are supplied. Somebody say amen. You know, I, I use this example. I thought this was a good example. You know, recently, we, we, uh, last year in July, we went on a trip to Bogota, Colombia. And uh, it was a great missions trip. I had a great time. It was a, a joy. We uh, joined up. It was uh, my pastor went. Pastor Steve from Florence went. Pastor JT from over in Columbia went with us and, uh, and, and myself. And then we had a group that came from Georgetown, from Columbia, and also from Florence. And, and so we all went over to, to Bogota, Columbia for a missions trip. And it was a wonderful time. But I remember, you know, when I first early on, see, I'm telling you, this is kind of how faith works. I remember early on, I had I'd, I'd shared with the church the vision and all of a sudden, um, people got excited. They, they wanted to be a part. They wanted to go on the mission trip, and they got excited. But then, you know what happened after a couple of weeks, a couple of days, things like that? All of a sudden, everybody's excited. They're looking forward. They're like, yeah, Pastor Justin, I'm going. I'm going to do it. And then, you know what? A couple months went by, and all of a sudden, they started to come up, and they said, you know, well, I just don't know. I don't know if, I can, if I've got the money for it. I, don't, I just don't know if I can have the time. I just don't know. And all of a sudden, all these things, excuses just came in. How many know God doesn't need our excuses? How many know God knows how to make a way where there seems to be no way? And so some weren't able to make it. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, there was a, many that signed up in the beginning, but only, um, we only had two or three that came from Georgetown and, 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 and some. And, and, and even in Florence, I remember they had a big list, you know, maybe, I don't know how many, but many people had signed up. And, but only down to, the, you know, down to the end, whenever we started to go, um, there wasn't as many. We had about 15 or so that, that ended up going and 15 or 16, I'm not sure, maybe it was under 20 that all went. And, but anyway, um, and so finally one day somebody came to me and they were just, they were not sure. They just came back and they said, Pastor, I just, I don't think I can do it. I can't, I can't get the funds. I can't do this. I can't do that. And finally, I just, I had to correct some of the things that they were saying because all it was they were saying was doubt and unbelief. And I had to turn around and say, no, we're going to believe God. Let's believe God. Let's put action to our faith. And, and, in, and in essence, I basically said, you know, we, they ended up sending out some letters. They also, and I said, let's believe God to make a way. How many of sometimes the way that we think it's going to come may not be the way that it does come? And so all of a sudden they had sent out some letters and were believing God. And, and so they, they got a little discouraged because maybe things didn't come in as quickly as they wanted it to and all those things. But you know what? All of a sudden one day, all of a sudden they got a job to work on a, on a job. And all of a sudden, that blessed them with some finances so that they could pay to be able to go on the trip, amen? And all of a sudden, that turned into a, a, a more and more jobs and, and more blessings. Somebody say amen. And things worked out with the schedule so that, that, so that they could come. And, and all of a sudden, and see, all of a sudden, they put their faith in action. 
instead of always saying, Pastor, I can't come, I can't do it, I can't make a way, I got them to turn, I got them to steer their ship and say, you know what? No, God's going to make a way. I'm believing God, God's going to turn, God's going to make a way for the finances to be there. And you know what? I'm believing God to have the right clothes to be able to go there, to be able to do that, that the time is going to be available. Somebody say amen. See, you've got to believe. You've got to put action to your faith. And see, you can't just, faith isn't lazy. Faith isn't lazy. Faith does something. Faith has to take action. And it's like those ingredients, like a chef. All of a sudden, I can't just pour the eggs in the flour and just let them sit there. I've got to put action. I've got to get up. And I've got to start stirring. Somebody say amen. If all you can do is sometimes is get up and make it to the microwave and throw it in the microwave and press the button, at least that's an action. Start where you are. I don't, I'll tell you, I mean, I'm not starting out. I'm not baking cakes. I'm not making the, the things that I'm seeing the chefs do on, on TV. You know what I'm doing? I'm making it to my air fryer, and I'm saying, well, let me throw some of this in my air fryer and see how it turns out. I'm making it to the grill, and I'm saying, well, well, maybe I could try to cook some ribs like Brother Tony or Brother Joel. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, and, 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 and do that and make, and, and, and make an action, amen? You know, I just can't wait. I can't wait till we can have some, do some, some uh, like what we did with when around Thanksgiving, you know, we always have our soul food Sunday. I mean, I can't wait till this COVID stuff's over so we can actually have some food and fellowship again, amen? I get excited about that, amen? And just fellowshipping together. But see, it just reminds me of that, you know, and, and brother, brother Herb over there grilling, I mean, he usually grills those Boston butts on the grill and stuff. I don't know how to do that, but I know that God could, I have the ability and God could show me how to do it. I know that God could give me that I have the ability if I'm not lazy. See, I'm just too lazy. I don't want to get up at five in the morning and put something on the grill. Amen. But you know what? If God told me to do it, I'd do it. See, God told me that it's it's important that's why he told me to, he, he tells me in, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. God told me to come to church. It's not a matter of whether I wanted to or felt like it or not. God told me. See, God told me. We, we, we read earlier, God told me to give. It's not a matter of whether or not I felt like it. It's not a matter of whether or not I had the money to give. If I had the excess, sometimes your greatest blessing will come when you give out of need instead of out of surplus. See, you can give your way out of financial lack. Somebody say amen. amen. Now look at this. I talked about faith isn't lazy. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12, it says this. And that ye be not slothful. You know what that word means? That means lazy. Don't be lazy. But followers of them through faith and patient inherited the promises. See, you will inherit the promises of God through faith and patience. See, I've been, I, there has been many a time that I've been blessed. I've had financial blessing because I was patient and I waited on the Lord instead of rushing ahead and doing something instead of standing back and waiting on the Lord. Amen. See, through faith and patience, inherit the promises of God. Followers of God, followers of them, us as followers, through faith and patience, inherit God's promises. Verse 13, for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, 
Verse 13, for when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear to no, by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently, somebody say patiently, patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Abraham received a promise from God that he would be blessed with a son to inherit his blessing. It was years, somebody say years, years years later when Abram was 99 years old that God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many nations. So I want us to understand, God gives Abram a promise. Years go by, and he still is patiently expecting the promise. If you read the story, we know he made some mistakes there. He had an Ishmael. He did uh, some other things. He tried to do some things in his own way. How many know we don't do things in our own way? We trust God. Amen. And then when he's 99, God appears to Abraham, Abram and he changes his name and he speaks to Abram and he changes his name to Abraham, which means father of many nations. See, we know according to Mark eleven twenty three 23, that we have to have three, much, three times as much saying as it does believing. You know what God was doing with Abram right there when he changed his name? He was basically getting him to confess, to speak, to call himself the father of many nations every time he said Abraham. Every time Sarah, his wife, his his wife's name was Sarai, and it was changed to Sarah. And every time they would call each other, all of a sudden they were speaking what God says. Every time Sarah would get mad or, 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 or call out her husband's name and say, Abraham, you know what she was doing? She was saying, Father of many nations, Father of many nations, Father of many nations, until it got down on the inside that they saw themselves, he saw himself the father of many nations. And then when he was 100 years old is when Abram and Sarah had Isaac. So all of a sudden, they kept calling themselves. They kept calling those things that be not as though they are and patiently waiting, patiently expecting. Faith patiently expects, and they patiently expect it. See, sometimes some things might not happen instantaneously in the natural, but just know in the spirit realm that there are things that God is working on your behalf, and the moment that you pray, that's when you believe God for the answer. The moment that you pray. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, the moment that you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When do you believe? The moment that you pray, not the moment that you hold, not the moment that you feel, not the moment that you see. The moment that you believe is when you pray. And the moment that Abraham prayed and he received the word from God he believed and he said he considered not his own body see you there are some things in your walk of faith that you've got to consider not 
Your arm might not want to move. Sometimes you just got to consider your arm not, and you just speak to your arm, and you say, arm, in Jesus' name, I command you to move. And start somewhere. You might only be able to move it like this on day one. But don't stop on day one. If you would keep going. And on day two, you might be able to move it a little bit more. And on day three, you might be able to move it a little bit more. And on day four and day five and day six and a year later, you might be able to move your arm like this. Start somewhere and don't stop. Faith patiently expects that's what I'm saying is, is that faith all of a sudden has an action. And what are you doing is what you're believing. If you're doing this, at least that's something and you're putting action to what you believe. Somebody say amen. amen. See, it took time and patience to receive the promise in the natural. But faith patiently expects God to do what he said he would do. Don't be misled. Don't err, beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. It comes from the Lord. And if we would believe, if we would just hold fast to our profession of faith and hold on to it and grip it like a bulldog and say, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. I'm not going to let go. I'm not letting go of my healing. I'm not letting go of my financial breakthrough. No, that's mine. No, I don't care what the enemy says. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the lawyer says. I'm holding fast to my profession of faith, and I'm going to put action to my faith. Somebody say amen. How many of you believe that today? Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 